you're able, please stand up and just say hi to a couple of your family of faith this morning as we get ready to get started. We're so glad to have you here with us. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he was born of the Virgin Mary and became man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered, died, and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in fulfillment of the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshiped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. And we look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen.
speak some praise out to him for a moment. In Jesus' name, for your glory, Lord Jesus. We worship you today. of communion together. Jesus is our life, amen? Paul writes, Paul writes, and this wasn't original to him what Paul writes here, but he took it, it was attributed to another God, and he took it, and he, and he brings it back to our God. He says, in him we live and move and have our being, amen? So as we come this morning, we're standing firm in what this belief because this is where we gain life in the work of Jesus on the cross. Amen? So, so if you would, if you want to, you don't have to, but if you would like to, kind of come to the middle aisle, make your way and, and grab the elements and head back to your seat this morning.
life abundant. By the work of the cross, we thank you for life. Broken body and shed blood for the forgiveness of our sins that brings us freedom in life. Amen. Lord, we thank you for your body crucified on the cross for us in our place, in our substitute. Lord Jesus, that you willingly came, God in flesh, for this. To become obedient even to death upon a cross. So as we partake this morning, we do so in remembrance of your bodily sacrifice. Let's partake this morning. of our sins. The once and last sacrifice, the perfect sacrifice, no more sacrifices needed. We stand in this right here. For our salvation, for the freedom of abundant life, for everything that Jesus does for us, it, it is found right here. Lord, we thank you for shedding your blood for the forgiveness of our sins stand firm in it, not under condemnation, not under shame, not under guilt, but in the freedom from our sins. Lord, as we partake this morning, we, we remember the shedding of your blood and sacrifice. Let's partake this morning. Just for a moment, just reflect moment of reflection and remembrance of what this means for you personally. Patience God has for us, forgiveness, his mercy, his grace. Just reflect personally, just for a moment. We thank you, Jesus. We worship you. Thank you for your forgiveness, the mercy and grace and where it's found. The washing away of our sins, making us white as snow, we thank you. We thank you for the freedom from these sins, that we can live a life free from them. We thank you for that, the abundant life. We worship you today. We worship you today. We worship you today. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. 
today. Good to see you here at Only Believe at Urbana. So kids' church is happening. They're, they're headed down there right now. Tithe and offering time, so if you have something to give, you can prepare that. Uh, offering envelopes and seats in front of you. If there's not one there and you need one, you can wave your hand around. One of the ushers will help you out. God is good, amen. I say, God is good, amen. I'm going to put Mr. Mike, come on, pray over the offering for me. I'm going to put Mike on the spot. He looks at me like, really? I, I like Mike. Everybody say hi, Mike. I know Mike doesn't like when I do this to him, but I like to get him up here. Mike's a good man, amen? There's so much here for the church. He's going to pray over the offering. So when Mike's done praying, if you have something, bring it down this morning. Oh, Father, we love you. We want to thank you for our, the day that you've given us today, um, every breath that we take that, that is provided by you. You know, Lord, that 
you know, we want to give to you, um, as you told us to provide um, our tithes to the storehouse. And we want to bless the giver as they give to you, Lord. Um, bless them tenfold um, as they give to you. And also we want to bless our pastor as he gives us a word of wisdom for today. Amen. Just use him to the best of his ability, Lord, because we know the word is coming from you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Mike. Bring your offering if you have this, something this morning. Some uh, super quick announcements. Don't forget. Don't forget uh, marriage night's coming up. So February the 11th and then the following Friday, February the 18th, two Fridays in a row from 7 to 9 p.m., marriage nights. We're just going to come together and strengthen our marriage. Child care is provided, by the way. And uh, uh, by the way, it's very important for me. This is important. If you're planning on coming, please sign up. Please sign up at the back. That way we have uh, um, babysitting uh, child care covered, but also uh, food for the night. So sign up at the back. That's February 11th and 18th. And don't forget, we're in, we're in the midst of 21 days of prayer. We have another uh, week left of that. So let's continue to pray as a family of faith. If you haven't picked up uh, kind of the prayer guide that we're using for it, that's also on that back table back there. On, it's a blue piece of paper, so pick that up. And we want to be people who pray. Amen? Amen. All right. So get your Bibles out and jump into the book of Psalms. Psalm chapter number one. We were here Wednesday a little bit. We're going to come back to it this morning. Remember, our values, we live by faith. Amen? We value relationships, and we are rescuers. So those are three things that we build our church by. So keep those things in mind as we live as a family of faith here. Psalm chapter one. So I want to talk to you today about trees. You say, what in the world? Trees, yeah. Um, you know, scripture is very agricultural from, from uh, not only the life of the Israelites themselves, but in, in metaphor, analogy, and symbol, it's very agricultural. Lots about sowing seed, right? And plants growing, even, even the uh, shepherds and sheep and all these different kinds of things. So the Bible is very agricultural, and it actually says a lot about trees in it, believe it or not. Um, and certainly trees are part of the wonderful uh, creation that God has made. You know, it, it, they, they serve a lot of purpose in nature, uh, whether it's participating in, in the air that we breathe to useful things like building material, right? Um, e even, even things on the, we would consider on the smallest level, but providing shade. But aesthetically, tree, trees are part of the beautiful creation of God. Um, there, there's a hike that I like to do in the Rocky Mountain National Park out of Estes Park. Um, you start at something called Bear Lake. It's about 8,000 feet above sea level. You, you hit up, and you're, you're, you're elevating really fast, a lot, a lot of elevation gain, and you're headed up to a valley across from a place called Notchback, Notchtop Mountain, and that goes down to Fern Lake. But on the way up on this hike, there's a spot to your right that just opens up and, and, and you look down to a valley, and it seems like millions of pine trees as far as you can see for miles and miles and miles. One of my favorite places to go. And every time I've been there, I've been there three times, I take the exact same picture every time. Just, just to 
captured, you know, it's kind of framed in by a couple pine trees, and you look down, as far as you can see, the next time I go there, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take that same picture. And the only difference is that then we set it up where I get a picture with it and whoever I'm with, that changes, but, but the scenery doesn't change, you know what I mean? There's something wonderful and beautiful about miles and miles of these trees, as far as you can see down in this valley. And the Bible, um, with that, has some things to say about trees, but it's often applied to our lives. So why are we talking about trees? I'm glad you asked, so let's, let's jump into this. Psalm chapter 1 and verse number 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law he meditates day and night. So we are to be a people who pursue righteousness. That we don't stand and we don't live in the way of that which is separated and lost from God, though in sin. But we're meditating on his law. In other words, the way that he is asking us to live. And we know that Jesus being the fulfillment of the law and the prophet, Jesus is what we focus on. But watch what happens when we are people who pursue righteousness. Verse number three. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. And the wicked are not so, they, but they are like shaft that the wind drives away, and then so forth with Psalm chapter 1. So the opening of, of, of the great Psalms, the very first Psalm that's listed here, it likens us to a tree. A tree that, when its proper time, produces the fruit it's supposed to in abundance. As a matter of fact, this tree is so healthy that the leaves of the tree do not wither. And um, in that, this tree is prosperous. You know, the first Monday of our um, uh, 21 days of prayer, we were here praying as a church, and the Lord just dropped in my heart about this right here, that we would be a people who are like this tree in Psalm chapter 1, that there would be a strength within us as, as an individual, but also as a church, a strength within us that is like a very strong and old and been through it all kind of tree whose roots are very deep and expansive. And in the proper season, it produces the fruit. That would be so healthy that its leaves would never, never wither, and there would be a prosperous way of living because of it. Could we challenge ourselves today that we would be the people who, A, know that this is God's desire. You know God desires for you to produce fruit? Fruit in keeping with who he is, right? That we would be a people who desire to live in a way that the leaves of our life never wither because we're rooted in him. And that in the kingdom we would be very prosperous in all that we do. And I'm not necessarily talking about, well, it, 
you know, prosperity, we think of, of our, our bank accounts overflowing. Well, that's wonderful and fine, too. But in other words, in the way we approach the world and live in the kingdom, that we're prosperous for him. Right? Could, could we challenge ourselves to live a life to be that way? That, that what our world needs is that kind of example. You know, you, again, you think about the, the things that a, a tree provides, a, a mature and strong tree. Again, not just what it provides with, with, with the air that we breathe, but, but, you know, the strength of that tree is that it, that it remains no matter the season, right? But also it's gentle enough to provide the shade for someone who seeks it. There's a strength and there's a gentleness to it that, that, that coexists with this kind of a person. That we would live that way in this world, that we would be strong, that we would be strong. But yet, with that, that we would provide fruit for others to eat and provide the shade for those who seek it. Amen? Well, what I see a lot is, so uh, Margo and I, um, the house that we live in, we, we built it. I don't know, 13 years ago? About 12 or 13 years ago. And when we bought this, the place where we built, it was a cornfield. So we bought a, a three-acre cornfield that was still being farmed, and we bought it, and they eventually turned it over to grass for us. We held on to it for a couple years or whatever. And, and then we decided to build. On this property, there were no trees. It was a cornfield. Bare. Now, one of the problems with that, by the way, where we live, we're out in the country. We got no wind block. I'm changing shingles on my house all the time, and I hate it, okay? Constantly wind whipping through and blowing my shingles off. It's, it's ridiculous. But anyway, <laughs> right now on our property, there's like, I don't know, 12 trees. 13. I planted every one of the trees on our property. All the trees I planted, none of them were taller than me. Some of them I bought from a, a nursery. Some of them I just stole from the woods where I hunt. I, I did both, okay? So we got trees planted on our property, right? It, it's, it's funny because I, I have this kind of a, a connection with these trees because I planted them. And I planted them because I want them to grow, provide not only some aesthetic uh, you know, beauty to our property, but also we need some wind block out there. You know what I mean? So I plan them in such a way to provide some of that, but also to make the property look nice. But not every tree I planted made it. And like I said, I'm sort of connected to this, so it's just a tree, but it would bug me when a tree wouldn't make it. You know what I mean? And some of these trees when I planted them, they, they were just like almost just little saplings coming there about that big. Some of those didn't make it, you know? And, 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 and I'm, I'm kind of stubborn about it. I'm pretty positive this little tree is dead, right? But yet I leave it there. I mow around it. I keep it. I keep watch. I think maybe next spring it'll shoot some buds, and I think it's going to come back, and eventually you're just like, oh, didn't make it, right? See, as a pastor, I am bugged also when I see people that the tree of their life is withering and dying when they're not producing the fruit of the season. And you can see that the, the leaves of their life are starting to wither. And certainly then, prosperous in the kingdom is not there. 
so the challenge today is I just wanted to challenge you generally that we need to be people who think like this, okay? That there's a strength of life that we can have as we grow and mature in the faith of being like a tree that is strong and its roots are deep and it produces the proper fruit and, and its leaves don't wither and it is prosperous in what it does. This is the life that we're called to. Amen. Proverbs chapter 12. Jump over one book of the Bible to the book of Proverbs, the book of wisdom. Proverbs chapter 12. And let's see, verse number three. It's also interesting, these, these trees. Now, now, see, I'm not a botanist. Okay, I didn't study plant life. I plant it, I water it, and I hope for the best. I mean, that's just me. You know what I'm saying? We, we do a garden every year, right? And some years the garden is just smoking. It's blowing. It's, it's producing. And in some years it's terrible. I have no idea what the difference is. Okay, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not like, uh, I don't understand all of this probably like I should if I do these things. But what I do know is this, is that where you are rooted means everything. And what you're drawing from, it means everything, right? Proverbs chapter 12 and verse number 3. No one is established by wickedness, but the root of the righteous will what? Never be moved. You cannot be in a place where you are strong and your roots are growing deep and strong if you're rooted in the wrong thing, if you're drawing from the wrong thing, we've got to be rooted in righteousness. Anything other than that, you're taking a chance of a bad growing season. And eventually with that, then a tree that withers up and it dies. Right? See, our righteousness is from who, by the way? Jesus. We've got to be rooted in him. So, Colossians chapter 2. Let's go, let's go to the New Testament here. Colossians chapter 2 and, and, and verse number 6. So Paul, Paul very much in his writings, uh, he, he uses a lot of allegory, a lot of symbolism, metaphors, whatnot. But here in Colossians chapter 2, he uses the word rooted. And so I just wanted to go there and look what he says. Colossians chapter 2 and verse number 6. Therefore, as you receive Christ, Jesus the Lord, so walk with him. So, so there's like four different things he kind of mentions together here that sort of say the same thing. So walk with him, rooted and built up in him, established in the faith, just as you were taught, taught abounding in thanksgiving. See that, to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy or empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to elemental spirits of the world, and not, and not according to Christ. For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have been filled in him 
who is the head and rule and authority. In him you also circumcised with the circumcision not made by hands, but putting off the, the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in baptism. In him you were also raised in him, with him, through faith, in the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. Okay, so a lot going on there, but back to the first part of this. Walking with him, being rooted and built up in him, established in the faith. These, these are things that we must be about. Now, talk about roots for a second. Again, I'm not a botanist, but just roll with me here. Well, what do the roots do? Roots are an anchoring system for the tree or the plant, right? They anchor it to the ground so it stays upright. But roots also draw water and nutrients and, and feed it upward. What? For the growth and the health of the plant or the tree. And then with that, the roots also serve as a storing system for these things too. So roots are there to ground you and to feed you. I also know that, that roots seek out nutrients and water. They grow, right? You know, one, our house, we lived in Jackson Center before we built this house. And, and it was a little, uh, a little uh, what do you call it, ranch house. And this is a funny story. So one day, my son Ryan, this is a long time ago, my son Ryan, who's 20-whatever now, he was probably 10 years old at the time, 11 years old. And he came and he said, hey, Dad. I'm flushing the toilet, and it's not going down. I'm like, okay, let me get the plunger. He said, but I didn't do that. I said, okay, this may be a little different. So I got the plunger anyways. How many of y'all have been there? You got the plunger, and I start plunging, and it's not moving, but I happened to notice every time I plunged down and went like this, water would also come up in the bathtub. From, I was like, oh, no. And right about the same time, she comes in and says, you know, I washed a load of laundry, but the water's not draining from the washing machine. I went, double, oh, no. How many know we're in trouble? Okay, so it's a little ranch house, and it had a crawl space, and the main clean out in the crawl space. So I called my friend Dale. I said, Dale, come help me for a second. He said, what are, what are we getting into? I said, just don't worry about it, because <laughs> I knew he'd say no. I said, come on over, and uh, we're down the crawl space. And, and we're wrenching out the, the, the pipe. And when that top came off, we got exploded on. I don't know, probably a couple weeks worth of stuff that should have been draining out. So you can imagine. So, and, it, and the crawl space is just going, whoo, I mean, as fast as you can think. It's filling up. We're, like, we're diving out the, the little whole thing to get out. And turns out, long story, is we had a couple big trees at the front of our property. And what property wasn't big, so from me to where Mike's sitting is, is from the front of our house to the sidewalk, and it's not very big. And roots from the trees had gotten into the pipe and clogged the main pipe from our house. What happened? Those roots were seeking out moisture and broke through it, got into the pipe, and eventually clogged it, right? So the city had mercy on me and took, took responsibility for it. And it was kind of funny because when they went to, to break it open, they broke the tile across the street and had to dig up the whole street. It was a big story. But anyways, um, that's what roots do. They seek out what is good for the growth and the health of the tree. We need strong roots. 
We need to be anchored in the ground. In a, so where we live now, again, no wind block, we had a little tree planted out beside our house. And I noticed over time it was starting to do this. And I got to it too late. When I decided to do something about it, I tried to push it back up and stake it in, and I wasn't winning. Eventually, the tree died. I mean, the wind was, was slowly blowing it over. The root system wasn't big. It was a young tree. It wasn't, wasn't strong yet. We've got to be rooted in Jesus in such a way that we survive the seasons of life. Amen. Now, being rooted in Jesus doesn't mean that you're exempt from the seasons of life. I mean, the trees are out there in it, right? They're not exempt from the wind. They're not exempt from the frost. They're not exempt from the deep snow. Do you know right now we're, we just missed a big, giant snowstorm moving? I thought it was terrible. Anyways, another story. We'll, we'll pray for snow soon. But um, they're, they're there in, in the snow. They're there in the midst of, of the extreme heat. They're there in the midst of drought. These trees, the strong, mature trees, survive the seasons of life. What happens too much in the Christian faith is when the seasons of life get too tough, we see people whose trees start to die. And they stop producing fruit. And leaves start to wither and start to die. And there's certainly then no prosperity in the work of the kingdom. We gotta be about growing roots, amen. But, but the thing about growing good roots is the fact that, well, it produces fruit. It produces from life what God wants us to live in. Now, let me tell you something about growing roots and, and growing trees. There's nothing flashy about it. You know that? It's not really highly entertaining. Have you ever sat down and just stared at a tree to watch it grow? You know, you put a time-lapse camera out there, you'll get some growth. But if you're just sitting there staring at it, it it's not going to be entertaining, right? See, the, the way that, that God works in our life to help us grow these kind of roots so our, our, the trunk of our tree is strong and fruit is coming forth and the, the leaves never wither, there's nothing flashy about it, nor is it entertaining, nor can you force it. You know that. It is the consistent work of you partnering with the Holy Spirit to be rooted in the right things and then do what's necessary to help it grow. To be about that. By the way, the church is that way too. We're not here to be flashy. We're not here to entertain you. We're not here to force it, not scream and yell at you. We're here to, to be part of a system to help the roots grow in your life by providing something for you to draw nutrients and, and water from, okay? But again, where your roots are planted means everything. You cannot expect you, yourself to grow into something mature and strong in the faith 
You cannot expect the proper fruit to come from your life. You cannot expect your leaves to always be uh, uh, growing and, and, and fruitful. You cannot expect that. If you yourself are not doing what's necessary to put your roots in the right place and then do consistent things to cause them to grow, not going to happen. See, God wants you to be the kind of person that in your everyday life, He's calling you into him. You know that. Every day, there, you know, every day there's an open invitation from God to be in him. You know that? Every day. Every day, no matter the seasons of you. What if I'm in a drought? You have an open invitation to come to him. You know that. Well, what if it's a heavy snow? I mean, it's a blizzard out there craziness. Well, God's calling you into him. What if it's high winds? What, what if it's a 24-hour period of just high, intense wind, 40, 50, 60 miles an hour, just blowing? He invites you into him. So your roots stay in him in the midst of that season. That were rooted in righteousness and therefore survived the moments and survived the seasons. But, but I'll tell you what, when I look at a strong tree, if it's in the midst of a drought or if it's in the midst of a, a snowstorm or high winds, I don't look at that tree and, and I'm like, man, it's just barely surviving out there. You know that? I look at that tree and go, not worried about that. A couple branches might get knocked off, you know. But, but come the next season, that thing's still going to be there, and its leaves are going to be there, and it's going to produce the fruit that's supposed to, and it's going to provide shade for other people, and it's going to provide fruit for other people. It's, it's going to do what it's supposed to do. I'm not concerned about it. Do you realize that we can be that? You know that? You can be the kind of person who is growing in your faith and maturing in your faith in a way that your roots are ever growing, even when it's dry, even when it's crazy weather, even in a season where it doesn't seem like it's productive, your roots are growing. And therefore, what everybody sees, it's strong, it's mature, it is what God intends it to be but you've got to buy into the process. And you've got to live in such a way that that is possible, rooted and built up in Jesus. That's what it's about. Matthew chapter 3. Let's, let's do uh, Matthew chapter 3. three. going to look at something John the Baptist is saying here. Matthew chapter 3, verse number 7. This is John the Baptist. He's getting after the Pharisees and the Sadducees. 
But when he saw the many Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said to them, he wasn't very nice here, but he said, you brood of vipers who warned you to flee the coming wrath to come. Watch this. Bear fruit in keeping with repentance. And do not presume to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father, for I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children for Abraham. Verse 10. And even now the axe is laid at the root of the trees. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown in the what? The fire. There is a fruitfulness that comes from repentance that's rooted in the righteousness of Jesus that we are called to produce. Now, here's the thing about the Christian faith. Let's just have a very honest moment with you. We cannot pretend that the Christian faith is, well, I believe this, and then it doesn't matter what happens after that. You know that. We cannot sugarcoat Christianity to say it is about the forgiveness of your sins, which it is, but then there is no keeping of the fruit of repentance after your forgiveness. There is a life to live, and we're called to it. There is a fruit that we are supposed to produce that is in keeping with the fact that we have been saved and forgiven of our sins. We've got to move from just believing into a life that is growing in him. It's called discipleship, right? That we're called to become something. The Bible says you know a tree by its fruits, talking about dealing with what you would consider false prophets. How do you know a false prophet is of him? Well, you know a tree by its fruit. You know it works for everybody. Well, I believe. Well, yeah, I see some of that fruit there. Holy smokes. What do you believe exactly? Right? Now, I get it. You're you're just in him. I remember when I was first saved. I didn't act like it right away. There there were a whole lot of things that needed to change, some of which I was very aware of, some of which I was not. But yet, a growth process is happening. That's why we got to be careful with judging each other. We don't know where we're all at, okay? But yet, in time, there is a changing over of the fruit that's being produced in your life. And there is a prosperous way of living in the king that will start to happen in you. In other words, we can't look at ourselves and say, well, I'm saved, and that's the whole story. No. You're saved. Now there is a life to live as long as you have life to live. That is to grow into something. You are to become something. Amen. So let's not sugarcoat this to make excuse for the wrong fruit in our life. When you're aware of it, let's start to deal with it. But again, it is not you by yourself, thank goodness. It is the work and the help of the Holy Spirit to see this happen within us. So if you could look at yourself and to be able to focus and say, okay, I know, I know, and you know now, if you've never heard this before, you know it now, you're welcome. Don't be mad at me later, okay? I know 
scripturally that I'm called to grow and to be strong and to produce leaves that never wither and to produce the proper fruit in its season in a way that to be prosperous in the kingdom. I know that. Then what are you going to do to see that happen in your life? There's a place that we must be very purposeful in how we go about this. So, like I said, I'm not a very good gardener, but I do try to do things to make it work good. I do. And when I do plant trees, even though some of them didn't make it, I do try to do things to help them succeed. I try to be purposeful. Okay? You've got to be purposeful in what you are doing to see these things happen. Right? So it goes back to what we've been talking about the last couple of weeks about 2022. I didn't give you anything about 2022, if you notice that. I just gave you what to do in your everyday Christian life. <laughs> so the first two Sundays of 2023, I could preach those same messages. <laughs> and I might, so you never know. Every day, the rising of the sun, their praise be on your lips. Every day you, you recount and know that the goodness of God, the mercies of God, they're new every morning. Every day you commit that whatever I do today, word and deed, I'm committing, committing it unto him, that I do it in his name. Every day I try to slow down and take time with him. Every day I pray for wisdom. Every single day, right, I commit to trusting him in his ways, Right? You, you, these kind of things are the kind of things that help your roots grow. Because you're committing yourself to draw from these things. Then I'm not going to trust in the wisdom of man, but I'm going to try as best I can to lean in on the wisdom of God. Roots to grow in. I'm going to slow down enough to pray. Roots to grow. I'm going to slow down enough to get into the Word a little bit. Roots to grow. I, I'm going to make sure there's praise on my lips. That, that's growing roots. But you've got to be purposeful about it. See, when the Bible says you pick up your cross, how often? How often? You know, you don't have to. You must pick up your cross and do what? Then deny who? Yourself. Daily. To do what? To follow him. You're not going to get a cheerleading squad every day when you wake up, you know, first thing. Hey, pick up your cross today. Let's go. You can do it. You've got what it takes. If you want that, I can have Margaret call you every morning, and she'll set that up. You've got to do so. But what happens, as Jesus goes on to talk to you, what happens when you do that? You start to gain What? Life. By losing what? Your life. In other words, there's, there's a changing out of fruit. Your roots are growing strong. Prosperous in all your ways starts to, starts to come. You're, you're changing out your life for his life. But it's got to be purposeful every day. So, so if, if, you are in the faith a long time. 
that you're like one of those trees in the forest that you can't even get your arms around, so big. And to see this thing, you got, you got to step back, and it's just so tall. And, and its leaves are green. You know what I mean? I don't know about you, but that's my goal in this world. Amen? But it drives me every day to do what I need to do to see that kind of growth. Then, then now again, you can study all about it, but how a tree grows, I don't know. I just know it does. That's the wonderful work of the Holy Spirit, by the way. I don't know how an apple tree makes an apple. There's a reason. I know scientifically you can explain it. I can't. But I just know it does. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. That's why they're called the fruit of the Spirit. And that Holy Spirit will partner with you and he will grab a hold of all the things you do because we're not perfect at it. We're not going to do it in the best way all the time. But his work helps us grow. It helps us mature and keeps us in the process. He does what only God can do. Amen? So, so when I look, when I look at, at you guys as, as this congregation, I know it sounds weird, but maybe I can see you like a bunch of trees. Apple trees, pear trees, fir trees, oak trees, you know, whatever. whatever. You can name your own tree. I don't care. Some of you are very new in the faith, so you're a young tree. Some of you have been at this a long time. But together we're all striving to be like Psalm chapter 1. Amen? See, but by the way, you know, uh, when trees are close together, their root systems work together and they, they entangle together. That's what church does, by the way. Don't, don't try to be a tree by yourself. We help each other. Amen? Okay. That's what we're after. So what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do to be purposeful, to see this slow process? Again, it's not fireworks. It's not, not all this wild and, and, and entertaining stuff, but this slow, everyday process to be mature and complete, not lacking anything, as it says in James 1. It's up to you. Amen? Okay, let's pray. Here's how I want to close out today's service. Over the next little while here, I want to, I want to close out and pray for some specific things. So I'm going to do a general prayer. Then I want to pray for everybody today uh, that you just need some financial breakthroughs in your life. Okay? So what I want is, when I'm done praying, if that's you, come down. I want to pray with you individually. So... I also want to pray with Lori, and where's Al? I want to pray with him, too. Okay, so let's, let's pray. Lord, we thank you that we can grow in you, strong and mature, producing what we're supposed to. Lord, help us. We can't do this without you. But to be who we're intended to be in you, that's what we desire. Grow us keep us, guide us, do what's necessary. We, we give ourselves to you. And we're thankful for that. We're thankful for the life, the life that we find in you. 
In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So if you need a financial breakthrough in your life, come on down. Let me pray with you before you go. Other than that, we'll see you Wednesday night. Be blessed as you go today. Love somebody.